You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tell Ambassadors Jakar and Lando I want to see them in chambers now. Then invite them again as firmly and as politely as you can. Captain, either you snore or last night we had a hell of a breach in the hole. What do I do now? Uh, old style, you roll over and go to bed. New style, you go out for pizza and I never see you again. What's inside there? One moment of perfect beauty. Hello and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, season 2, episode 5, The Long Dark. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, we are, are the Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. A cryonic exploration vessel from 100 years ago approaches Babylon 5, bringing with it a deadly creature and a human from the past. Written by JMS and Scott Frost, and directed by um, Mario DeLeo. This episode was released on November the 30th, 1994, and takes place in June 2259. Guest stars Anne-Marie Johnson as Mariah Cyrus, Dwight Schultz as Amos, and Kim Strauss as Markab Ambassador. So guys, what did we think of this episode? I think it was a, uh, a very serviceable episode. Nothing overly special, but it wasn't horrible. Uh, it, it, was, uh, it was good to see uh, old Barkley himself on, uh, on a different show. And uh, I remember, uh, what was her name? Anne-Marie Johnson from sitcoms from the 80s. So that was okay. Uh, and uh, we get to see a cool old ship from the past. So that was nice. Okay. Dan? Yeah. Um kind of the same it felt like it was the stock kind of episode that you have after a couple of good action-packed ones you kind of further in story on but you know it, this could have easily been a season one episode and uh it just felt like it, it probably lent itself better because now we know a bit more about the other characters uh maybe just to give sort of sheridan something to do to show more that he's a competent commander but overall not a great one but it, it was it was fun. It was a nice way of spending forty minutes. Okay, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> it what it what? All right, it, it wasn't TKO. Let's just say that. Let's just say that it wasn't TKO for me. I, I enjoyed at least there was the sci-fi concept to it. Okay, okay, and, and it continues the theme of 1990s sci-fi space station shows with creepy doctors. So yes, there's that. that's very true. Very he's true. no Bashir, but he's close in this episode. Mm, yeah. Well, anyway, we, we open the episode with a ship approaching uh, B5 from deep space and not through the jump gate. And down below, we see Dwight Schultz being, well, Dwight Schultz, basically. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, that, that's it. I mean, immediately you get Mad Dog Murdoch, you get Barkley, in you get everything that Dwight Schultz has been. If you want a, a person who can do crazy, then yeah, just get Dwight Schultz in. He'll do it. Or Mr. Broccoli. Mm. Yeah. Uh, but the ship has been adrift for a very long time. And uh, Sheridan 
seemed very happy that he had a patient for the doctor. Did, did you pick that up? I mean, he got onto the comm link and said, Doctor, I, we've got a patient for you. And he was all smiles and grins as though you know, the doctor hadn't had a patient for like so long. He'd been sitting there twiddling his thumbs, waiting for a patient to come up. Doctor, we've got one for you. It's a live one. And it's a That's woman. About time. <laughs> but I don't know if you noticed when they got when they went into the ship to um to try and see what was inside. They, they obviously got some reading saying there's a, a live human inside. Uh, the music, as they wiped the, the, you know, the hand over the... Uh, uh, the air tube? Yeah, the mm. air tube. And, and the dead guy was in it. The music went... Yeah, you know, it was really sort of horror sort of thing. And then they go, they go over to the other tube and there's a woman there. You know, they push the thing away and there's a woman. And it's all... You know, all nice and beautiful music. And then it's... Oh, she's dying. And it was like the space of like 30 seconds. They'd had three lots of music trying to betray the, the actual you know, goings on of what's what's happening in front of you. It was really, uh, it's quite funny. I, was, I only really know. How, how else are we supposed to know how we're supposed to feel about these characters? You know, we need to be informed about these things. Exactly. I mean, there's a beautiful woman in, in a, you know, the beauty is a, a sight thing. You don't need the music to go. She's a beautiful woman. <laughs> I actually expected him to <laughs> wipe the canister and say, oh my God, she's hot or something. <laughs> Get the old dude in the casket there. Get this one out. She's gorgeous. <laughs> That's right. just like, oh, goodness sake, please. <laughs> Why does she have to be gorgeous? Why can't she just be like, you know, the mother-in-law or something? You know, <laughs> Where's my son-in-law? He's dead. Oh, well, that's just typical of him. You know, can't we have some sort of normal people here? Leaving me alone again. <laughs> he abandoned his wife and now he's abandoned me. Just like his father. That doesn't make any sense. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on quickly. Um, <laughs> so as they, as they open the lid, though, uh, to, to get this lady out, obviously this thing, steam or something, flies out of the, out of the, the, the lid. And they also look at it and go, what was that? And then... Don't question it again, because they've obviously got to focus on getting this woman out. You know, this gorgeous woman, get her out quick. Get her to the doctor. So, um, anyway, so they, they, they obviously take her to the doctor, and Ivanova sort of is obviously looking around the ship, trying to get things to work, flicking switches and doing things. And then she gives it the old Fonzie. Boom, gives it a bang. Everything lights up and works. Yeah. Happy I did like about herself. I quite yeah. liked about that scene because she's the, basically the first person on Babylon 5 to know that there's something there and it's it, there's something watching her and she's kind of like going off. But because it's Ivanova, it doesn't bother attacking her because obviously it would know it would lose. So yeah. I did like that the first person it met is the, obviously the biggest challenge to its survival. So I thought that was pretty <laughs> good. Oh, my God, it's, it's an Ivanova. Oh. <laughs> <It's> a, <"Whoa." laughs> yeah, but even she feels there's a presence there, but then it obviously doesn't do anything about it. Just feels it's a bit spooky in an empty ship. Speaking speaking of presence, why wasn't Delenn or Talia in any of this episode? Uh, like much, uh, money spent on the other guest stars. Wouldn't that have just sort of answered too much of this episode? Like it would have made it a bit easier for them to find things. You know, she would have had that big triangle on her head. You know, something. Yeah, yeah. Talia, Talia could sort of you know find it by mental powers. You know, is that like a thing? Is that like a yeah, to hold her out like a, like a divining rod, you know, yeah. Mimbari divining rod, just going down the corridors. It's down this way. Going down well, she way. was she was probably rehearsing uh, for the next episode, so That's she was probably. kind of busy. That was probably it. 
So um, anyway, Mariah wakes and they find that the other crew member was murdered. His organs, he's got no organs. His organs are missing. Oh, no wonder he's dead. It's just a flesh wound. <laughs> yes. Shake it off. Shake it off. <laughs> um, so anyway, Mariah meets Jakar. Uh, it's a bit frightening when that's the first alien you've ever met is some lizard guy coming at you. Mm-hmm. This was my airplane moment when we had the whole sort of speech of what everything's been going through, all of the human history that's been happening. I was fully expecting her to be sort of taking a big gulp and then a spit take when she realizes everything's going on. I was like, there was what? Uh, so that was that was the closest I got to an airplane moment in this episode. Um, yeah, because they do that in airplane, don't they? There's a, there's a... <laughs> um, but the, um, they go through everything that's happened and then, you know, she. Instead, I mean, what choices does she have? She, she could either meet Shikara and get you know, scared witless, or she could meet Malari, who could end up trying to get her into bed, or the doctor, who just, you know, just he's all creepy and you're gorgeous. Yeah, yeah I've never seen him uh, rub the forehead of any other of his patients. Yes. Mm. And then That's she sense. comes up to him and he goes, oh, no. <laughs> what are <laughs> you doing? He's sending out mixed messages there. Well, not even mixed, but he sends out messages there, mate. <laughs> Good grief! Um, yeah, so when because I've written it down here, it says um, uh, Mariah meets uh, Jakar, passes out, wakes up, and makes a pass at the doctor. Right. Never mind that her husband did just dead five minutes ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, literally, because she says, "But I only gave him a kiss goodnight five minutes ago, or whatever it was." And then, yeah, you know, to, so to her, he's just literally gone, and that's it. She's off trying to get the doctor. She's woken up horny. <laughs> That's what happens in cryostasis. <laughs> yes. And, and then we've got uh, Barkley raving about uh, everyone going to die because there's death on that ship. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, he seems to be the only one who knows what's going on. Of course, the madman knows what's going on. Yeah, I mean, of course. Why would he? That's, that's not a trope at all. No. Yeah, Amos finds the alien and uh, reports it to Garibaldi. So he tells Garibaldi about it. What I do like, though, is this alien, we don't actually see it. You know, it's, it's, mm. it's hidden. You don't see the thing. So, it, it, which I think is always the best way to treat an alien rather than, you know, seeing it straight away. Then you're not really afraid of it anymore. Um, mm. This, so, you know, the idea of this, obviously, it builds up in your mind. What is this thing? Well, it's going to be scary. It's going to be horrible. It, um, uh, when, when they were firing at it, it did kind of look like the id creature from Forbidden Planet. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, but then the, the alien attacks uh, another alien and uh, takes out uh, all of his organs. Just like Mariah's husband. And the, it could have been Mariah doing it because she was in my quarters all night. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But I don't sleep with my patients, but until I do, you know. Yeah. He says, yeah, I don't sleep with my patients. You, a, you just did, or you've discharged her very quickly. She's not a patient. Now you can sleep with her. Good grief. Yeah, you passed out and I brought you to my quarters because it was so closer than the sick bay. Yeah, <laughs> closer. How convenient. Mm. So convenient. And he just happens to have all the tools in his in his quarters that she mm. needs. Very yeah. strange. Yeah. He's got all yeah. the tools she needs. <laughs> oh, it was so creepy. So creepy. <laughs> oh. But at least the doctor gets a ticking off from Sheridan for spending the night with Mariah. I mean, that's, you know, he gives her a right telling off. So that's good. Mm. Um, and then the council get together because they want Mariah uh, removed from the station as... Uh, Evil sometimes wears a pleasant face. Mm-hmm. Mm. He's been married. 
What was what was that alien? Was that supposed to be another Drazi? It looked like a Drazi, but he had like this weird pud sort of face. It didn't quite. It wasn't the same. Yeah, he sort of. There's no mention of this, but I I assumed it was, and I just misforgotten how they've. Yeah, he's, what the aliens look like. Pink, pinkish instead of grey. Yeah, and he was wearing mm. orange as well, which maybe is a different mm. faction. But it, uh, it didn't have sort of the, the skull plate or anything. Like that. I didn't know if this right. was like a carry on from Geometry of Shadows. Like, was this a different faction that's sort of I, one? Or I'm going to think it is. I probably it was one. Of, I think they were one of the non-aligned um, people. But I, I'm going to go with Drazi because he he spoke a little bit like the Drazi. He had that that speech where they don't say all the words. They you know they. Speak mm. sort of minimalist speaking, more like um, uh, kit bash makeup. Mm. <laughs> it's what, whatever's left. Yeah. Uh, it might, might have been that there was a spare headline around this. We'll put it on him and, and do that. Or it was true. maybe an early drowsy that they didn't quite like and they didn't want to throw the rubber prosthetic away and use that. I don't know. I'm guessing. But I'm going with drowsy. I, I, in my mind, my head cannon, he's a drowsy. Uh, Malari poo-poos the thought of a ghost alien and leaves the meeting early. Now, I thought he was going to go out and then this alien was going to attack him. Yeah, because it had all the hallmarks of, well, I don't believe it. It's nothing. This is wrong. Well, I'm going to go. And out he went. I was waiting for him to go. Ah! And he's been grabbed by the aliens. But his blood type was the wrong kind, so it couldn't consume him. Yeah. 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 And he has no he, heart. So uh, or he comes in like Bill Murray and he's like, he slimed me. And just standing there. <laughs> Mm. Uh, but uh, Garibaldi gets Amos to take him to where he, uh, the alien intruder was last seen because he wouldn't move anywhere, would he? An alien, he would just no. stand there and, oh no, just, yeah. just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they have the chat about the boy who cried wolf, uh, basically saying, you know, you, you know, you're shouting about this and I believe you, but, you know, other people won't because you keep shouting about it. Mm. Uh, Mariah tells Franklin that uh, she and her husband had split up three or four times, which is why she was quick to make the pass at him. Um, well, okay, I suppose. Um, why was she so upset about him dying in the first place? They weren't getting on. Anyway. Oh, she just came out of cryo. She's a little bit mixed up. She can't even cry. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, your tears dry up in uh, cryogenics, apparently. Uh, so she then tells him about her dreams and, you know, these disturbing dreams she has, and they decide to use her as bait, try and get this alien to come out. Uh, they find the alien, alien amongst the plethora of dead bodies. <gasps> Amos has been captured by the alien and offers himself as food. But they manage to kill the alien, which we see briefly as a lightning monster. So what did you think of the alien? I wasn't all that impressed, to be honest. Not really. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't impressive at all. It was just, yeah. uh, we don't have much money in the budget, uh, so let's do this. Yeah, but I was expecting big teeth, fangs, you know, arms that can reach down people's throats and rip out organs or blood mm. around the mouth or something. And you know, no, it was just a lightning thing. Yeah, the, and when there was that weird flashback when she was talking to Jakar and she had the kind of flashback, there was almost like this image of like a devil coming in, like it almost had red skin. You could kind of work out a kind of demon face to it. I kind of felt like that was what we were going to see at the end, you know, even if it would just been a rubber mask. Um but yeah, the the callback to Id Monster from um, uh, Forbidden Planet, I felt like that was maybe intentional, uh, but also because they couldn't afford it in the budget. Um, and and yeah. it kind of looked like the invisible creature uh, that Captain Picard met with Captain Dathan in Samaritan's mm, Snare. No, not Samaritan's Snare. Uh, Dathan, uh, the children but, of Tama. 
they were clearly talking to Dwight and he said, well, there's this episode coming up. You know, it's only only a year out from us doing it. It's called Darmok. No one's going to understand what the hell's going on, but it's got a really good invincible creature. They were like, yes. ooh, invisible. That's a great way of saving money. There we go. <laughs> Darmok, that's the name I was looking for. <laughs> yeah, so they've, uh, they, they kill a monster and uh, Mariah decides to leave rather than staying with the Doctor. Uh, the alien was trying to get to uh, Zahadun. As they always do. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Well, you know, Sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, as they always do. They always do, because we can't afford her as a as a guest star hanging around. And she's got to see Earth and bury her husband, and she's got to mourn. Mm. Mourn? You know? That's Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I know. It's a space station in space, so there you are. But yeah, that's right. Yeah, they leave because they don't want to stay with the Doctor, just like the other one with that alien machine when, when they were trying to heal people using bits of their own energy but you know what doesn't bugger off this promo for another podcast right here on the eso network we have 30 seconds to describe thunder talk we got big interviews super red music what proud members of the eso network yeah they're probably gonna fire us i wouldn't blame them we've got jokes adult jokes and nerd junk woke nerd junk all the woke nerd junk Find Thunder Talk on the internet. And the ESO Network. Ta-da! <laughs> so, welcome back. Uh, Sean, are there any Star Trek connections? Hmm. It took a lot of research, mm. <laughs> but I did find one. Uh, apparently, there's a, there's a guy named uh, Dwight Schultz who played Lieutenant Broccoli in Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, First Contact, and a couple episodes of Voyager. Heck, you say. (laughs) Really? I know, surprising. I I, I knew we'd been in the A-team, but other than that... That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very strange. Yeah, he was was the kind of uh, everyman nervous guy. Yeah, he he plays that well, doesn't he? The mad... mad, genius or the mad person or yes. anything mad, yeah basically. yeah he is kind of one of the few things that kind of raised it up for me because I, I enjoy it because he does it so well he is a good mad cat person if you want crazy on screen you go to dwight schultz it's a yes. good hmm. it's a good thing and it because i do have the soft you know nostalgia for the Barclay and for 18, I I kind of raised the episode up a bit. The content, yeah, is creepy and horrible when we go through (laughs) Franklin's story. It's a bit boring and plodding and, you know, the monster disappears for far too long and doesn't really do anything. It's not a threat. There's not too many murders. You know, I feel like it should have been a bit more murderous in its rage, given that it's some sort of hell demon bent on destruction. And Um, it's been in deep space for so long, you think it'd be more hungry. Exactly. So having a character like Dwight Schultz in it raises it up a lot more. If he hadn't have been in it, I I seriously think this episode could have suffered. Yeah. In in my notes, it says he plays crazy very well. Yeah. Yeah. I did like the the, when he pressed it up his face up against the window though as well. Like we saw (laughs) the outside as well. Yeah, the window in the floor. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, odd place to have a window. Yeah, it um, is very true. Why isn't everyone spinning around the outside of the, the ship? But then, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, let's go to the ratings. Now, uh, we uh, use the rating system of jump gates, of which we have five because it's Babylon 5. Um, IMDb actually uh, rates it out of 10. 
they rated this episode as 6.8, which works out as 3.4 jump gates. Sean, what did you reckon on it? Well, uh, the rating thing is the hardest part I find when it comes to talking about these episodes. Uh, I was going to give it a three originally. I might give it a 2.75, but I, th I think three is okay because we do have a good uh, performance from Dwight Schultz. It was good to see Anne-Marie Johnson again. And at the end, they do talk about how the ship was reprogrammed to go to Zaha Doom. We do get that. And we do get the little demon creature in, in Jakar's Book of Jaquan. Mm -hmm. So that stuff kind of helped it out. But the story was just kind of meh. And Franklin, super creepy in this episode. Like, like over the top creepy and unnecessarily so. So yeah, I'm, I'm just going to leave it at a three. Okay. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I came in at the same. I was like 2.5, 2.75, something like that. It's not TKO. Like I said at the beginning, it's not TKO. I wasn't completely bored watching this. I didn't want to switch it off. I didn't want to be going through. It's like, yeah, I saw this before. I don't need to make any notes here. Um, and Dwight Schultz, again, it was fun to watch. It was nice to have him back. And it was nice having a caring Garibaldi since he's been shot and everything like that. And he sort of picked up that he has the same dreams because he's been through the war, he sits down with him. They get the whole story about, they set up the camp and then that's when they first found the creature and it was eating all of his compadre, you know, um, his company. And then it left him alive, but took a piece of him and it was genuinely creepy. And it was a nice sort of character moment for Garibaldi to sort of show this caring side that he hadn't really had before. He was a bit more hard nosed in season one. So it was a good bit of work for him and the Zahadun. And, you know, it is keeping this idea that there's uh, an imminent threat coming to Babylon five. It just, I don't know, just wasn't, it wasn't great. It wasn't really, really good. It felt like it should have been something in season one. Um, and it didn't need to be here. Um, so it's not a one, it's not a TKO, but I can't really put it in the sort of mid range of 2.5 for like the gathering where it's setting things up. It's just sort of playing along with the story. So I think I'm just going to go for a two out of five. Really didn't like it. Mm. Yeah. So if you take all of the bad points for Sean and all of the bad points for you and all of the good points that I can bring up, then that equals all the bad points for you because <laughs> I have no good points for this at all. I think it's an awful episode. I think Dwight Schultz saves it because it's Dwight Schultz, but basically he's just being Dwight Schultz. You could take him in, in, you know, from any other show, especially 18, and put him in here and you've got the same character and vice versa. Um, anybody else could have done this and been the mad person. Um, and Having seen the next episode as well, ready for our ne next week's recording, um, I think there's a madder person in the next episode who does mad better. So I wasn't really, I was disappointed. I was great to see Dwight Schultz's name come up. I thought, oh, fabulous. You know, he's in this, great. And then I was, I felt let down by his performance. He was just, it, there was nothing in it. There was nothing to it. The story was okay. I mean, so he's met this alien before, the very same alien or a different alien. You know, is it was it Mr. Alien or was it just a you know from the same species? Has it followed him? Are there lots of these about and they're, they're all they just find him very tasty or something? Um, th there, was, there was, I just couldn't find anything interesting in this. It, it didn't, the, the horror didn't scare me. Uh, the alien disappointed me. 
Um, so I'm afraid I've got, I've got a, this is my worst episode yet. It's a 1.25. So yeah, not yeah. really, really didn't impress me at all. Yeah. I can definitely see where that comes from. So there we go. Disappointing. Mm. And I think that's the end of this episode. Join us again next week when we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 6, A Spider in the Web. Take my advice and go back to the time you came from. The future isn't what it used to be. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Now, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.